Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me once again. I'm recording this with Bethany the night after I just gave my live stream version of current events stuff. Bethany Mandel is a stay-at-home mother of six and contributor to multiple different outlets. She just wrote a book with Carol Markowitz. Bethany, how are you doing? How is your book doing? I was really curious about that, too. I think it's doing well. Awesome. Carol is much better about tracking it. She's like, yesterday we were number 4,000 and today we're number 888. And I'm like, that's great. That's great. I don't know. I, I have no idea what it is now, but I, it's doing well. It hit the bestseller list. Nice. Uh, our agent is very happy. Our publisher is very happy. Um, people have told me that they saw people reading it in the airport, which is like my metric for success. Yes. <laughs> I keep on checking the table at Costco to see if I'm there. I'm not yet. Soon, soon. <laughs> soon. You know. That's, That's awesome. Dream. I'm so yeah. happy to hear that because the message that you guys were talking about that was so important. And not only that, you were coming from totally different perspectives, which I really value. So Beth, uh, Bethany, you homeschool all six of your kids, which is a yeah. gargantuan, fun, blessing of a task. Hard work. No. And then Carol sends all three of her little ones to various schools down there in Florida, which yeah. I feel would be vastly better than them going to school somewhere like New York City, where they previously were. So yeah. that's an improvement too. But how yeah. do you feel like your stance kind of contrasted with hers the most when you were writing this? So I, I, we kind of feel like what we are doing is the lazy way out. She thinks that sending her kids to school is the lazy, easy thing out. <laughs> and I just, I watch like all the stuff that she has to do. And I'm like, no, thank you. That looks way too difficult. I, I don't like seating control and the number of days that they have off, the number of things they have to do. And like, oh, there's a science project and a poster and a this and a that. And I'm like, if I'm going to be doing school with my kids, I would like to be doing it on my terms. Right. And um, like today we went on a hike up a mountain. Nice. That was, like we didn't do school today. We just hiked on a mountain. Um, and I like having the flexibility to be able to do that, to be like, oh, it's 70 degrees and perfect. Let's go strawberry picking tomorrow. Nice. And we can. Very cool. I love that yeah. kind of freedom too. And that's kind of what I hope to do. Actually, after we have kids, hopefully a bunch of kids will get lined up. I really want to take <laughs> them out. If we do end up being down in Florida for a really long time, hopefully we can take them to the Everglades and take them to the beach and do all, all kind of yeah. like local stuff that's really interesting. Whereas you're picking strawberries, we would be dodging alligators or something. I'm not sure what right, we could be Right, obviously going to an alligator farm. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, probably um, uh, like meeting manatees and stuff. So, you know, it'll be uh, Speaking of Costco, I just got this at Costco the other day. Oh, cool. USA state by state and it's like the best things to do in every state and I like it's making me want to just road trip around America it's super fun <laughs> um but yeah I mean there's things in here about Maryland where we live that I'm yep. like oh we've never done that before we should do that yeah every state is so unique I love yeah. the U.S. for that like you can just yeah. go all the way from Maine all the way over to Arizona and see so many different cool. And there's, there's so many things that I haven't done and I haven't seen. So here's what they say you should do in Florida. <laughs> Top three snorkeling in tropical waters at John Pennekamp Coral Reef State Park. Huh. That sounds super fun. What that is. Yeah. Um, although I will tell you once I went kayaking or not kayaking, snorkeling, snorkeling, uh -huh. that's what this is. And you know, you normally apply sunscreen on your face and your shoulders. I did not apply it on my bum because my bum has never gotten sunburned before, but when oh, no. you're snorkeling, that's where you're you need duck. to apply yeah. the sunscreen. Yeah. So <laughs> sunscreen your bum. Okay. <laughs> um, it was really bad. Like, yeah. I'm second sure. degree burns. It yeah, was so bad. Ooh. Um, Kayaking through wetlands in the Everglades National Park. Amazing. Sounds amazing. That sounds fun. And number three, getting a taste of Cuba on Calais Ocho. Mm, cool. Calais, Calais Ocho. Yeah. I did that. I did that with my kids uh, like a year and a half ago, maybe more. And my son, my he was six years old at the time. Um, we had a very wonderful conversation about communism after that. Wow. Isn't that like, neat? Why, why do all the Cubans live in Miami? And I'm like, because they're fleeing. Way better. Yeah. Way better. They're fleeing. Yep. 
Um, we, and we had wonderful conversations about Fidel Castro strolling through little Havana in Cuba or in Cuba, in Miami, (laughs) in Miami. Yeah. That's um, how you do it, though, right? Right? Yeah. You go to all these yeah. different places. You learn about the history. Like, I'm sure over there in Maryland, Virginia. And there's Western, so much. So much Civil War stuff. Up here where we are, there's a bunch of Revolutionary War stuff. So we're we're hoping to come at the end of August. Awesome. Very cool. It's You're not going to still be there, right? Or not. We're going down soon to Florida. So we'll be learning They're about Florida history and all the cool Spanish explorers. And yes, Cuba. It's going to be really awesome. Um, but yes, this is a very neat part of the country. And then there's autumn, of course. You can go to Plymouth Rock or whatever. You go to Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. All sorts of fun stuff to do. But that's such a great place to learn as you go. I think people kind of lose track of learning as you go along. Um, yeah. And you can learn anywhere you are. You can like mm-hmm. make it up yourself. It's great. And I don't know about your kids, but my siblings and I all tested at or above all of the required state levels and everything over the course of our entire educational careers. As I'm not surprised. Right. And it was not hard and it didn't require all these hours and hours of learning. We did yeah. work with co-ops and stuff. I don't know if you're into the co-op thing, but there were some classes my mom thought that other people would teach better. Other opportunities she had wanted want us to have like sciences and art and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It was such a good compromise because we never set foot in a public school, but we got like the whole experience. We got to try a bunch of fun, different things. So yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, my you. kids do a lot of different classes. Yeah, um, and it's really fun. It's really it's. I mean, I love the flexibility. Um, and we're like, I mean, what is this? We're in the middle of May right now. I don't even know the date. May 17th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's close. It's middle of May. <laughs> um, we're basically done with school. We have another like two weeks of material left. And we're just kind of like, let's go hiking today. That's let's, great. Whatever. Yeah. We'll, and we've been doing a lot of school on Sundays, actually. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Whatever yeah because works. I'm just, yeah, we're just like in the middle of the week. We're like, it's really nice today. And we had a couple of rainy Sundays. And I was like, let's bang out a day now yeah and then we're not in a time crunch if it's 70 degrees on wednesday and our friends are going hiking you should be able to tag along i yeah. really agree i think that's such a good philosophy and i love the idea of that flexibility my mom kind of i think overthought some of the curriculum stuff like she would get really worked up right at the beginning of the year and i was like I yeah think we're gonna be fine whatever happens but she's like no i need this curriculum and this curriculum and Every year we were fine. It ended up working out okay, but she really wanted to do everything just right, which I respect. But yeah, I think it can be super fun. Like the way that you're doing it, it sounds like you guys are having a great time. Yeah. I I just listened to a great podcast that like really kind of set my mind at ease. Her name is Sarah McKenzie. She has a podcast called the read aloud revival and she's amazing. And you should, you should partake of her materials also, she has a blog and a podcast, but she, um, she just did a podcast. Well, she, I think she re-released it, but it was a podcast, like the, the five biggest mistakes I've made in my homeschool and the TLDR was the biggest mistake was that she just overthought and overplanned. Yep. And she said like the, my mission isn't that they know everything and that they've read everything and that they have mastered every single thing on the planet. Cause no one graduates high school with all the knowledge and like the is capitalized like the knowledge (laughs) and she said you know at the end of it i want my kids to be proficient in you know the sciences math and science um but more than that and more importantly than that i want them to have a thirst for learning and an excitement for learning i want them to form connections with uh the world around them with art with nature with literature and if they have that thirst learning doesn't stop at 18 and that is what the point of this is is to raise children who love learning um i was just talking to another homeschool mom um her kid was really into shakespeare because of a a a play that they had read as part of their curriculum and i said oh i have this great book suggestion um if she's into shakespeare she's like no 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 we just have to finish this workbook i'm like but you don't though no, you yeah. don't have to finish that workbook. Do whatever you, she's interested if in. If your kid is super into Shakespeare, buy her this book and just like let her at it. <laughs> my daughter my daughter is right now angry with me in her bed reading Charles Dickens. That's fine. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's great. That's fine. Go for it. That's perfect. Well, 
that was always our punishment too. I don't know if maybe you hear her and have to go check. She's on yelling her. at me right now. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> My, our oh, sorry. What were you saying, baby? She's on the couch, mad at me. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Being mad in different places. <laughs> our punishment was always, um, we always tried to read. This is Andy, by the way. I don't know if you can see him, but he's not going to. I can't. Him. He's just there. Um, <clears throat> our punishment when we were kids was to not be allowed to read. Right. <gasps> All of us. That's an awful punishment. Love reading so much. Yeah. And we would go and we would read at night. We'd read under the covers. We didn't watch TV. And I know that you have kind of a similar policy with your kids where you have very tight, oh, but like tight um, rules for what they can and can't watch, which I fully appreciate. Oh, that. Yes. Yes. Ever. I was like, yeah. hey, that's strict on screens. Not anymore. But yeah, no, what they can watch is very strict. Yeah, for sure. Well, we see this like every single day. Like I keep hearing the Daily Wire hosts talk about new shows that are being super ridiculous with the pronouns and all this other stupid mm-hmm. woke stuff. And yep. I'm just like, someone be- should write a book about that. I know, right? <laughs> there you go. That was called sound- Stolen Youth. Yeah, exactly. Available on Amazon. Did you guys publish through um, Daily Wire? We did. Awesome. Okay. That's probably why they're talking about it because you put this idea in their minds and now they're paying attention to it. Maybe. That's great. I I mean, they bought, they bought our book because they think of this as of vital importance and they're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But no, I mean, this is, this is the issue with modern children's media is Mm -hmm. that they have an agenda. Right. And um, it's not appealing to screen all of that content. Um, And so we just don't. Um, my, my boys are sort of into playing Mario Kart on their switch whenever they're allowed to have screen time. They don't really want to watch anything. And when they do watch stuff, like my daughter is really into cooking shows. Um, nice. what is the net, what is the Netflix show you watch, honey? The Great British British Bake Bake Off. Yes. That's awesome. But there's like a junior version. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's really cute. It's like much more like gentle. That's awesome. (laughs) It's not like Sam. What is the name? Gordon Ramsay. Oh yeah. What is your face? Your stupid sandwich. sandwich. He doesn't do that. (laughs) Good. They don't do that on the junior version. Nice. Uh, But we were just, we just finished watching next level chef. Um, because I was friendly with one of the contestants. Shay Spence was on the, on the show. And so we watched that season that he was on. It was really fun. Um, and it was interesting because season one, one of the contestants kept on making like references where that were like inappropriate comparing food to experiences that whatever, you know what I'm saying? Cause I apparently am within earshot of my child, but, um, and it was annoying. Cause I was like, this is unnecessary. Like, right. Please stop. Right. Um, this season was much more family friendly. And I, you know, if any producers for food television watch your show, like keep it PG y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's universal content and all my kids are interested. My daughter loves watching it. My son loves cooking and baking. Like why there's no reason for this not to be like the most child friendly. Of course. Programming possible. In fact, to make it not child-friendly, it has to require, like, this willingness to embrace all that stuff, which you don't want. Yeah, and it was just, like, it was really annoying when we were watching it. And, like, it went mostly over her head. But it was just, like, this is gratuitous and trashy. Stop. Yeah. yeah. That is so frustrating to take a topic like that that should be so accessible. Right. Seriously. (laughs) To everyone. Everyone eats. Everyone should know how to cook. I constantly say that. Like, everyone makes clothes dirty. Everyone should know how to wash their laundry, right? Same goes for (laughs) cooking and for baking, too, although baking is a little bit more of an art. But it's like, maybe make that accessible to everyone, and then you could Mm -hmm. expand your audience and get more views and likes. Yeah, make it family-friendly. And to their credit, this season was super family-friendly. Good. Family-friendly. Good. Um, But I hope it is in the future. They just renewed it for two more seasons, so I hope that it remains family-friendly. Awesome. That would be perfect. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. But yes, food food stuff would be perfect for kids, but I don't even know how we're going to handle that. I feel like we're raising the kids that are going to be fighting some of the biggest battles going forward. Does that ever intimidate you? Um, not really just because parenting starts very easy. Right. There's like an, there's like a real on ramp. And, um, you know, for the first year you're just like, I'm just trying to 
keep you, I mean, not really the year, like the first three years, mm-hmm. like I'm just trying to keep you alive. Yes. <laughs> You're trying very hard to, <laughs> to prevent that. Alive, right. <laughs> I'm trying very hard to keep you alive. And then, um, and then, you know, the conversations start getting deeper little by little. Um, you don't, do you know what you're having a boy or a girl? We don't, and we're not going to find out. Ooh, I could never do that. Yeah. (laughs) We're trying. I tried. I couldn't do it. (laughs) Um, the, for our fifth, we had two boys and two girls. And so like truly did not care one way or the other. Right. And the name that we had chosen could go like we had a name chosen for a boy or a girl and they were very similar and it could go either way. Like whatever. We had no reason to find out. And yet I couldn't not have to know. You have to know. I had to know. know. (laughs) And I like, I I find that it helps me because I'm so miserable pregnant that I like, it helps me bond with the person inside of me and not just like, well, not just a blob. It's a person. Like, I hate disgusting. it. Yeah. Like this parasite making me miserable. I'm like, that's my son in there. I'm thinking about like having a little boy and thinking about his name and thinking about the, and it like really helps me personify them. Yes. And not hate them. So I know <laughs> it, it is I'm so miserable. Times. I've been super lucky so far. Like I haven't really felt sick or anything, but that's now amazing. I'm getting shortness of breath and I'm like, Oh, it's only going to get worse. I know. And in different You're 17 weeks, you said, yeah. Yeah, I know. Why do I remember that? I don't know. It's a very arbitrary number, <laughs> but we're in the second trimester, so we're trucking along. We're coming up on our yeah. ultrasound, so we could find out what it is. But yeah, yeah, well, I, I, I really tried with my fifth, especially. Yeah, because it was just like we have the names, we have, we have two boys and two girls, <laughs> like, and and I just couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't not. I understand. Yeah. I'm that kid who like opens the Christmas presents at night. Oh my gosh. The, uh, like the night this. before. You're like, I just need to know. That's great. I completely understand, especially if it's really hard for you to be like, you know what? I need to feel this human connection to this person who's making my life really hard right now. Yes. We were really concerned that we were troubled by the idea of having a girl. And we're like, you know what? It's better that we mentally prepare ourselves for the idea of having either gender. So I can, I can hype up either gender really well. (laughs) Let me do so. Okay. Yes. If you have a girl first, you're golden. Oh yeah. So helpful. Yes. Like, especially if you want a big family, having a girl first, my daughter who is within earshot, (laughs) I would say this even if she wasn't, um, She's so helpful and so sweet. I don't, I, there's no way I could have had six kids in nine years if she was not my oldest. My mom's I love, said, if she had, I love my sons first, she never would have had three boys. There would have, just I, I love my sons, but right. they're not as helpful. They're hard. Like, I know. There, she's just like in it and like wanting to like hold them and take care oh. of them. Like she is very maternal and very, she's like my co pilot. That's great. Call, we call her the co mom. She's That's the cool great. mom. <laughs> I love that. Um, so having a girl first in a big family, especially is money. It's, you cannot buy it, honestly. No, good to know. Um, but boys are no drama, like so easy, so laid back, so silly. Um, and you know, I mean, I was about to say like the only thing they bad, they do is try to kill themselves, but the girls do that too. My three-year-old is the first for broken bone we've had. Wow. She And the night, you want to hear what she did to me? The night before I gave birth, she does a somersault off a top bunk. Not hers. She climbed into her sister's bunk and tried to do a flip. And oh, no. <laughs> um, the next morning I went into labor. And as I'm in labor, everyone was like coming because I was at home. Everyone's coming in like, oh, she's not, she's not in great shape. She's crying a lot and not using her arm. And I was like, oh no, I'm pushing a person out of me. Please let me do one thing at a time. (laughs) Yeah. And so I called my pediatrician an hour after I gave birth and I was like, so I had a baby an hour ago also, but I'm also not calling for that child. That's not the reason I'm calling. It's time for a pet break, I guess. Excuse us here. Oh, it's my husband just walked in the door. Germans. Here's my cat. Oh my gosh. Oh, looking me in the face. There we go. There we go. Okay. 
Anyway, that's great though. Yeah, like you said, it, it makes sense to me. They say that if you have a girl first, your other kids will have higher verbal which makes hmm. sense because that, girls yeah. gonna help them read, right? They're gonna talk to them, they're gonna engage verbally, which is, I think is super fantastic. So, yep, you're right. That's a huge point in there. But girls yeah. are dramatic. And they tend to, then you get worried that they're going to get pregnant down the line. And you're worried about the peer pressure. Oh, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> yeah, my, I don't think my mom ever worried about that either. She was no. very, we're pretty no. well trained. Don't we worry about that. To do. The, yeah. the first part of that, yes, you should absolutely right. prepare yourself. <laughs> a little bit of drama, a little bit of concern. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's a great point for them. And then, yes, I think like Andy is, is so bouncy. I'm sure that he cost his mom many sleepless nights and all this other stuff. So my, my kids are all running downstairs. They had been out hiding in their rooms and my husband just got home. And so oh, they're all time to party. It's what time is it? It is nine, nine o'clock. Yep. Yep. We're chilling. We're chilling. We're having a super low key evening, just chatting. But yeah, we're super excited either way. Like I personally think that kids are a huge blessing. Like, you know, I'm super pro-life. I'm really excited to see all this pro-life good stuff happening. And the, as far as I'm concerned, the future is bright because even though hard times are coming, that's going to be what makes strong people. I think our kids are going to be super strong people. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm feeling, feeling good about that. It's not going to yeah. be easy. Okay. Sit down. <laughs> what <laughs> is your cat's name? His name is Dip. He's having a field day in here. We have Dip and Dot. They're oh, cute. cat and dog. They go at it like Tom and Jerry from the cartoon, which is really fun. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but yeah, I think, um, let me think what I was going to ask you because you are a seasoned veteran when it comes to momhood. Um, what has been the biggest challenge from like cultural stuff for your kids so far? So thank God. I mean, really, honestly, it's mostly been annoyances. Um, the shielding them from climate change, um, hysteria. fanaticism, yeah. and hysteria has been annoying, but manageable because we homeschool. Right. Um, COVID was infuriating and that was sort of an extension of all of this political, political stuff because it was so politicized. Um, we, I was, we have our two, almost two year old. Um, has a speech delay. And so I was talking to um, the county, like every county has an early intervention program. It's like federally mandated. And so if there is a delay for early childhood, they're required to to help you Figure do it, it take right. care of it. Yeah. And so I had a reviewer here talking about his, uh, his speech. And uh, apparently one of my kids occupational therapy if he was enrolled in public school he would be eligible to have that covered through the public school system but he's not public school so apparently not um and i was talking to her and i was like oh yeah i never even considered this as a possibility because it was on zoom for so long occupational right. therapy which is like very physical right and um and so i went private out of network and out of pocket thousands and thousands and thousands wow. of dollars and people when the stimulus checks went out people were like oh man you made bank and i'm like yeah i paid all of it in like occupational therapy mm -hmm. it was great right um because everything closed and so the woman from the county was like oh you know we all did we all did the best we could and i was like yeah but it's funny how the best we could depended on how much money you were willing to spend mm -hmm. because i was able to find someone who was doing totally normal occupational therapy, not on zoom, not in masks, if I was willing to pay for it. Right. Really that's, expensive. I'm sure. Yeah. And so that, that was the, the most infuriating thing was sort of, um, in the very beginning, protecting my children from the hysteria. Um, and, um, and then just protecting them from the crazy people. Hmm. Like I would bring them to the supermarket and there were mask mandates and I wouldn't mask them. And people like said things to them, said things to me and protecting them from that. Thankfully they were like, they weren't easily intimidated. Like when an old lady yelled at my son for coughing, he was like, okay. Okay. And just sort of like shrugged her off. And he didn't even tell me until we came home. Um, 
but yeah, no, I mean, it was, uh, living in a very blue area was very difficult during COVID. Right. Um, all of our favorite activities closed. Mm. Um, the little gym closed, uh, Badlands was it, which was an indoor playground closed. I was going to write my book there. Oh boy. <laughs> it's like this amazing indoor playground. And so a lot of the stuff that they loved ceased to exist, which was really sad and really hard. Yeah. That's crazy. I was talking to Andy the other day. I was like, I really want to put together um, maybe not a documentary, but I just want to sit down and talk to people who were personally, privately affected by what happened during COVID because I don't want those stories to be forgotten. Yeah. Like, we hear about people dying alone. That's horrible. That's incredibly yeah. hard. But we don't hear so much about teenagers who committed suicide because they were felt so alone mm-hmm. and so stressed by what was going on during the COVID. And we don't hear about speech delays and we don't hear about everything that kids missed when they were developing that they can never get back. And I think that that needs to be remembered because yeah. it's going to happen again. We know it for sure. And I want us to have like a united front of people who just say, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep our businesses open. Um, If you don't want to deal with it, that's fine. You stay home, but we're going to be doing our own thing because we've judged that's safe enough for us. If it is, if it is like, again, you know, but I really want to hear what everybody has to say. I remember reading a story about the parents of a kid who had, who was 14 and he just, he couldn't take it. He didn't have anything anymore. He didn't have any friends. He didn't have any mm-hmm. sports. He had no, no yeah. to go, nothing to do. And he's like, whatever, you know, I mean, it's hard enough being a teenager. And we're, yeah. I mean, I, I think that the thing that a lot of adults didn't remember and didn't realize was the difference between 35 to 37 is not that significant. And there's no sort of benchmarks of, of moving from one from 35 to 37. Right. They're nothing ages, but moving from 11 to 14 is a massive, massive developmental shift. Yeah. And kids who were in high school at the time, like they lost their opportunity to go to prom. Right. They lost their opportunity to have a graduation. They lost their first year or two of a normal college experience. And those were so formative. And, uh, and then we, when they were lost, they were just gone forever. Right. And for us, I think that, I think that we had the ability to realize that like life will go back to normal. And it was even for me hard to remember that sometimes right? because it was going on for over two years. And even now, three years later, it's constant masks everywhere we go. And our pediatrician just dropped them like three weeks ago or something crazy. Um, but when it's the only thing you really remember, I mean, I, I had, a, I had some really heartbreaking conversations with my kids, um, who my, so I have six, um, nine, eight, six are my oldest three and COVID started three years ago. My older <clears throat> two are the only ones who have memory of life before COVID. Wow. And oh my, gosh. my daughter and my two youngest were infants or not alive before COVID. Um, we just went to, um, we just went to a play at like a local, you know, community theater and they, they do like midday plays like once a month and they sell the tickets to local schools and then anything extra they'll sell to homeschoolers. And so it's fun. So we went to see Peter and the wolf on like Tuesday at 10 AM or something. And it's something that we do very frequently. We go to the Kennedy Center. We go like here and there, although we haven't been to the Kennedy Center in years. Right. And I just bought a whole bunch of tickets for the, for the fall. Um, and I asked my kids, do you remember when we went to the Kennedy Center? And only the oldest two remembered going to the Kennedy Center, which was sad. Um, but anyway, we do these things all the time is, is the point of my story. And, um, and it was sort of a last minute decision, like, let's go. And so I'm sitting there with three of my kids and the woman who's running the show said, welcome to XYZ schools. Um, and there was hundreds of kids in the, in the auditorium. And she said, uh, how many of you, is this your first field trip? And almost every single kid said yes. Wow. And they're, they're in like second, third grade. Wow. But in third grade, you were in kindergarten when COVID started. Yep. Yep. Wow. So how many memories did they miss out on making? Because yeah. they, 
Yeah, I mean, it was really sad. I, I was sitting next to my daughter who was also in third grade. And, um, and she looked at me like, the hell? <laughs> right. <laughs> They've never had a field trip. She's like, this is sad. just a normal Tuesday morning for us. We're like, right. oh, you want to go to a play? Yeah, sure. Like, we were living completely normally, almost from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, we had like a janky spring. Um, we were a little more careful in the fall. Right. Um, like around Thanksgiving of 2020. Um, and then Christmas we spent in Williams, in Colonial Williamsburg. Right. And it was annoying and we had to wear masks inside, but it was a really nice trip. We went to Florida in fall of 2020, or I'm not fall, uh, winter of 2020. So we went to Colonial Williamsburg in Florida. And then in April of 2021, we went to Utah to this like big Passover program. Nice. I mean, we, we never stopped traveling. We never stopped doing things. And um, these kids didn't have that experience. That's really um, irreversible and very heartbreaking. Right. I'm, I don't think we're ever, I don't think we're going to stop seeing the fallout from this probably for like no, 50 years. Ever. I was yeah. saying 50 years, but it's going to affect the way they raise their mm-hmm. kids, which mm-hmm. is awful and unfair too. Like, and people blame this on COVID and I'm like, no, this is not COVID. Germs didn't lock the doors on these yep. things, right? It was how we people. responded. Right. hundred percent. And especially yep. the blue states just literally have, some of them have blood on their hands, whether yes. it's from old people that they chose to put patients in with or, yep. you know, kids whose lives or giving these vaccines that they said were life-saving mm-hmm. prioritizing teachers who wouldn't go back to work before nursing home residents. Right. That's right. crazy. Yep. And it, it, I will say, and I know I'm kind of treading on dicey territory here, but I'm not even concerned about YouTube at this point because we're also live streaming on Rumble, which is fun. And I prefer infinitely. Um, one of the things that always bothered me because I worked with old people for the first 10 years of my career, it always deeply troubled me that we didn't give old people the option to be like, you know what? I don't care about this. I feel like I only have probably five years left anyway. Let my family come see me. I don't care what happens. Like either divide yep. the nursing home in half or send them to a, another facility yep. where they can just do their own thing and live their own natural lives and not be forced to, for example, die alone. Like yeah. that's insane to me. Why did we do that? And and yeah. the idea that we didn't focus on protecting people who are actually vulnerable once we knew what the vulnerabilities were. We chose to not care and we chose to put those people directly into harm's way. And I'm just like, what were we thinking? Like, did yeah. we, this feels like it was on purpose. Yeah. I remember telling my kids about COVID in, in late February of 21 of 2020. And I remember very vividly and I was, cause I was watching it on Reddit. Like I was like a crazy person who saw it coming from a mile away and had a lot of toilet paper stocked up and food stocked up. And I said to them, like, you know, it's going to be a dicey couple months. It's going to be kind of scary, but let me show you this data that we have out of China. No one under the age of 40 has died. Mm. Very, very few people under the age of 50 have died. Mommy and daddy, and you guys are fine. Right. We will all be fine. Right. Your grandparents are all are healthy and not overweight. They will be fine too. Right. It's all crazy. likelihood your great grandparent will be more cautious right and that great grandparent is still alive great perfect that's that's the best way to have looked at it and i feel like our public health servants so called should have done the exact same thing but for mm-hmm. whatever reason yep couldn't be bothered right this yeah. and, and this idea that like oh we had no idea and i was like then how was i explaining it to my children in february of 2020 right like we have the data out of China. We have the data out of Italy. Right. What is this? What is this imaginary world in which we didn't know these things? <laughs> right. I feel like this is just an excuse at that point. Yeah. Because you had a vested interest in knowing what demographics would be affected by this, right? Because you have kids. You have yeah, old yeah. people that you care about, but they didn't. They didn't care. Most of those people do not have any kids. And that's a, that is a yeah. problem. I find that yeah. a huge problem. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of COVID policy was just things that they wanted to do. And they, I mean, think about like, you go into a hotel and they're like, oh yes, we're not changing your sheets every night anymore because of COVID. And you're Uh like, 
Is that Isn't why? That, <laughs> is that why? Yeah. Um, and it was funny because I was, I was on my hike today. I was with a doctor and a preschool teacher and they both are very like, they're like leaders in their respective fields. And so mm-hmm. they're very involved in conversations in different Facebook groups and, and WhatsApp groups of people who are in their profession. And I said that I said like, Oh, COVID is just used an excuse. And they're like, no legit it really is. And the doctor said she sees in her doctor boards all the time that they love the fact that patients can't have people stay overnight anymore. They can't have uh, more than one person in the room anymore. Like it just makes their job so much easier. Right. And so it's like, Oh, so it's not that COVID spreads only at night. It's that mm-hmm. you don't want overnight visitors. Yeah. And the preschool teacher said the same thing. She said they kept their doors locked to parents longer than they had to, because it was easier. It was less disruptive. Yep. And, um, and she, to her credit, the preschool teacher, um, she quit her job as a preschool teacher because it was like, I'm not this, this like COVID way of being, an educator I am not interested in. And she, um, she started a basement preschool that was certified and like registered, whatever. Um, and my kids, it's like very, Oh, sorry. It's very part-time. My three-year-old and my six-year-old have been doing it for the last two years and it's like 12 hours a week. And they, they go and do arts and crafts, which I hate. (laughs) And they, they spend like three hours a day there three days a week easy done great that's great do arts and crafts and i'm like enjoy that right (laughs) i feel like there were definitely silver linings and as somebody who worked in a hospital i will tell you right now that probably the people who worked in my cardiac unit felt the same way some of these annoyances it was hard to work with patients families period like bottom line they're challenging it's not a messed up dish that you're dealing with like you are in food service it's somebody's life they're mm-hmm. very concerned they probably feel guilty because they weren't there for their parent etc so you have to deal with them um and i understand that but at the same time if you are extending things for that if you are affecting other people's lives negatively if your meat if your choice to make your job a little bit easier is making it so that kids can't spend time with their aging parents you need to reevaluate what you're doing and why, because something's yeah. really wrong there. Um, but yeah, I think that there were silver linings. Like, I'm really glad that your friend was able to start her little um, preschool. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that parents who had kids in public schools were able to watch their kids being taught this heinous, like, CRT and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Because homeschooling went up after the pandemic, and it has not gone down since. No. We... We today went on this hike with other homeschool families, all of whom started homeschooling during COVID. Nice. And they were like, they were both like, this is really nice. We should keep on doing this. I'm like, "Mm, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's really nice. For sure. Well, it hasn't made life cost less, but I think it's kind of made parents evaluate what's important. Like they're starting to realize. Yeah. I mean, for, for these folks, they had their kids in private and it did make it cost a lot less. Mm, nice. $80,000 a year. Wow. That's a lot of savings. That means maybe yeah. mom doesn't have to work, which is fantastic. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And they're like, oh, this is yeah. cool. Right. We have mom, all freedom. Both, in both families, the moms were working to pay tuition and they were like, mm-hmm. maybe we can cut out the middleman. Like, That's great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like a, a missionary for homeschooling, right? You go so it's, it's so funny that you say that. I joke all the time because Jews, Jews, Jesus is not our homeboy. Right, right. We, right. we don't proselytize. Right, right. But I always say I'm, I evangelize, I proselytize yeah. for homeschooling within the Jewish community. 100%. Um, they don't appreciate when I say that. They're like, that's not funny. And I don't like, love that. <laughs> but it is though. It is funny. Right. You have to share this this cool thing, and this I know. this makes everyone's lives better, right? Objectively better to spend mm-hmm. more time with your kids. Uh, one of some of my friends, I have I have friends who have kids in public school, and I had kids, you know, friends who are homeschooling. And one of the things that one of them noticed the other day was that parents who have kids in these these public schools that are gone all day only get to see their kids at the hardest times right they only see their kids when they're tired when they're overwhelmed yep. when they're stressed and when it's time to go to bed or when they're getting up to go to school and it's insanely yes. early and their kid yes. is stressed out and freaking out and melting down and then they don't know why they don't like being around their kids mm-hmm. yeah like, yeah i tweeted yeah. that yesterday yeah. i i was 
Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, last night was so bad. I was toggling between, I was like a ping pong. I was just like going back and forth between rooms. (laughs) And, um, and I was like, oh my God, if this was my only experience of motherhood, I would not have had six. Right. Like, this is awful. Yeah. Bedtime is really hard. I was, I was telling a friend who doesn't have kids yet, um, I, I have friends in Israel who, um, there have been a lot of protests there Mm. for various reasons that are not interesting enough to go into, um, judicial reform. Right. I keep hearing about that. And, um, and I was saying to him, I was like, so I know a guy who goes and protests every single night and he's doing it to get out of bedtime. Wow. (laughs) It's not because he cares about judicial reform. He would like not to put their children to sleep. Wow. And so he's like, honey, I've got to go save the country. I've got to go save. Right. I've got to go protest. (laughs) And his wife is like, okay, I guess I'll do this again alone. Oh man. (laughs) And, um, and I was saying this to him and he was laughing and he was like, oh, you do, he doesn't want to tuck his kids in. I'm like, bless your heart. If you think that's what that's not what that is. Tucking the kid in. We would all be down for tucking a kid in, but it's a little bit worse than tucking. Yeah. It's a little more work than that for sure. It's pretty hard. (laughs) Uh, but no, no, if that was my only experience of like dragging my kids out of bed and then feeding them and bathing them and putting them in bed and I would be miserable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You are not helping this evening. What is going on here? Your video just disappeared. I don't know if your cat disappeared it. No, should still be there. Maybe, maybe our bandwidth is too low. I think we should be good. It still shows you. So we should be fine. Dip is eating my African violet. Okay, you do that, bro. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking the other day, I complain about this as someone who doesn't have kids because it's just something I've observed. And I think you're welcome. I think you should be free to observe even if you don't have kids. But I notice that people have kids and then they immediately stuff them into some form of childcare and they don't really spend time with them. And then they send them off to a government school. And then when they're not at school, they give them a tablet to play with. And they don't want to spend time with them and they don't want to do anything with them. And I'm like, why did you have kids? Like, that's so crushing. Like, how how does your kid have to feel looking at you and being like, my parent doesn't want to spend time with me. They don't think what I have to say is interesting. Or conversely, they remove all obstacles from their child's life so that their kid has to worry about nothing. They cater to no one except themselves. Um, I was reading Baby Wise the other day and the first chapter, oh, I know, I know the first chapter I thought was super, super interesting. I haven't gotten much more into it and I haven't read enough of these to fully form my own opinions. I'm trying to get through all of them. I hate Baby Wise. The first chapter talks about how important a strong marriage is Mm -hmm. making a well-rounded child. And I thought that that first chapter was kind of what hooked me because it was cost like $3 at the used store. And I was like, yes, I want this just for my collection. I'm going to try to get the full spectrum of all the different ideas because I don't know. But I was like, this seems like the way my parents started to work on raising their kids because it was always the family's a team. You're a team member. You're really important. Mm -hmm. What you do matters. We're going to give you chores to do. Like my chore, I tell everyone was to refill the soap dispensers in our house. My mom told me that I was super good at that and I was very proud of that. It was very important (laughs) to me. Um, And they had a lot of things like that where they're like, okay, well, if you want to earn a little extra money, you can do this and this. Um, Your daily chore will be this. Your laundry day is this. You know, we're going to spend 15 minutes in the kitchen on Sunday to clean it all up. And I was like, that's such an important part of making sure that your kid doesn't focus so much on themselves, Yeah, which I really see a lot of millennials having done. It's like their parents chose to put them at the center of the world. So then when they grow up, they're like, oh yeah, I am at the center of the world. Oh, I'm not. Okay. Well, I don't want to be in a relationship. <laughs> Bye. So yeah, at least the first chapter in here was great. Um, I'm not sure obviously what the rest of it's going to look like, but I haven't had six kids to practice on. So what did you find most useful? Um, I mean, every kid is unique. So I've practiced on six children, but all of them have been very different. Six different kids, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) My, my favorite sort of parenting person actually didn't have kids. Charlotte Mason. Oh yeah. My mom liked her a lot. And her thing is children are born persons. They are, they are born as people. Yep. Then you just have to get to know them. And that's very humbling. Um, I, so I don't really, I try not to read child parenting books because mm-hmm. I, no one can tell you how to raise your own child. Like it's, right. it's really like an instinctual 
thing. And I think people get too in their heads about it. And um, you are the only person who knows how to raise your child. And every single child is different. Right. Um, I like Leonard Sachs. S-A-X. Oh, interesting. Um, the Collapse of Parenting, I thought was really good. Mm. Um, and just on Sleep Alone, I like Weissbluth. Happy babies, healthy sleep, something. I don't know. Okay. Something along those lines. Weissbluth is his name. Um, and that was really interesting to me just on the science of sleep. Um, uh, the importance of baby sleep. I think that that's like a key to early parenthood is understanding. Right. Um, and, and taking care of babies is like the Instagram equivalent of mm -hmm. Weissbluth. Okay. Um, she talks a lot about this stuff, but like understanding like how to put babies to sleep and, um, and they're recognizing their, how long they should be awake and what their sleepy signals are. Like all of those things are, um, incredibly important to like not wanting to kill yourself with a baby. Right. right. Um, sleep is the magic key yeah. to all of it. That's what I'm most concerned about. Probably. I do not do well with little sleep. So I'm like, we might need a night nurse. I don't know what to so do. we, we weren't either. Right. We were, we were also really, really stressed about it. Um, I will say, um, that your body adjusts, hmm. um, and we co-sleep and okay. breastfeed. And that is, uh, and people are like, Oh, like you're a glutton for punishment. I'm like, no, not really. Right. Like it obviously works for you. Yeah. And like, you don't have to get out of bed. You just sort of roll over, pull up One your shirt. Stop. Yep. <laughs> and because they are like so close to you, you feel them only kind of waking up mm -hmm. and you can get them right back to sleep. And so they don't get fully woken up and fully worked up. You don't get fully woken up and get worked up. Right. And so it's like really like you kind of, you don't, you don't totally wake up when they, when they're waking up. And so it helps you keep a lot more rested. Right. If you have that baby in your bed with you and you're able to breastfeed and like, We've had to do formula a few times. Um, my oldest son, who's my second, we had to do formula with him a little bit. My third loved formula. He hated breastfeeding. Hmm. Um, and my sixth was really, really big. And so when he was born, I just wasn't making enough yet. Right. And so we had to give him formula for the first like two weeks or so. Um, and it's so much more annoying. Hmm. I hate formula. A lot of work. Yeah. Cause you have to like make the bottle and it was like, it was annoying to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say combo feeding was nice with my third who hated nursing. I combo fed him until he was one year old. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was really nice cause that I could actually leave him. Right. And I couldn't, I can't do that with any of my other children. Right. That seems really helpful. <laughs> yeah. And like, I've had to like turn down work things before mm -hmm. and like cancel things because I've been like, I'm going to bring a baby and they're like, you're not allowed. I'm like, well, then I cannot come. I can't come. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. We are attached. Yep. The kids got to eat. Unfortunately, yeah. that is a yeah. thing that happens. Yeah. And they wouldn't take bottles. And so... It is what it is. It's okay. It's just a short-ish phase in their life. And it's very important for Bonnie and all that other stuff. So Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not very hippie about breastfeeding. Right. I'm like I'm like the path of least resistance on it pretty much everything. Never works. And I just find breastfeeding to be a lot easier. I mean, once you get over the hump, mm -hmm. you're going to hear, you're going to like replay this conversation when you're like three weeks postpartum and you're like, I can't figure this out, but why, how could she say this is easier? It's not easier three weeks. It is right. easier three months. If you can like power through, then it's easier. Right. Right. So not giving up seems to be crucial. And that actually seems to be a really big part of motherhood because if you are ready to quit when you Yeah, but are... also if, I mean, also like do what's best for you. And if it's like killing your mental health, then like, don't do it. Right. 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 Um, sure. but for us, it just like eventually became easier. Right. And, um, we were very, very, very broke when we first started having kids and we could not afford to do formula. And so it was like, we are going to make this work. It's going to happen. Hell or high water. Yep. 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 Um, and especially my oldest son, I was telling you via text, like he had like severe food allergies and they were like, well, you like me, mom, you could change your diet and take 
all of his allergens out of your diet and it was awful it was like mm-hmm. gluten soy and dairy so bad i lost like 25 pounds though it's not really what you want though <laughs> yeah they said so they they said you can do that or you can put him on a hypoallergenic formula and it was like mm. hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month oh and we were gosh. like we can't afford that uh, and so i went off of everything and was miserable for a year and it was so oh, terrible oh my gosh that sounds awful it was really awful dairy soy and gluten it was just like fruits and vegetables and rice for oh, a year oh wow that sounds extreme yeah Jeez. yeah but it was what he was allergic to and like it was so bad that if i would spray a pan because a lot of sprays mm-hmm. um have soy in it yeah which i didn't know um so many things i learned with him if i sprayed a pan with pam that had soy in it and made gluten-free pancakes and then i ate the pancakes he would start vomiting oh no poor little guy that minuscule amount of soy sprayed on a pan on a pancake that I ingested and then went through my breast milk that made him vomit. Oh my gosh. And like, I was like, why is he puking so much? Like, and then I'd have to backtrack Mm -hmm. and like, I was in the kitchen. I made, I used these ingredients. I checked all the labels and then I was like, Huh? I wonder. Yeah. And I looked at the spray. I'm like, this is a new spray. Oh my God. It has soy in it. And like, that was it. Does he still have those allergies now? Thank God. Thank He's you. totally fine. I was going to say, that would he, be a his life. <laughs> it's so funny because it that was how severe his allergy was. And wow. now he'll like sit at the kitchen table with a glass of milk. And I'm like, you do, dude, you do not even know what dairy used to do to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> how lucky, right? Seriously. I know. Oh my gosh. Well, a lot of sacrifices I feel like are going to have to be made. So like probably putting yourself into that mindset before you even have a kid is probably the right place to start. So what? Yeah, but also, also like you want to do it. Of course. Like it's right. not terrible. Right. So like nursing him make, I knew that it was like the only thing that comforted him because he was so miserable with all of these food mm. allergies. Oh. I was like, I want to do this for you. Like, right. I want to be it. that source of comfort for you. Yep. Um, it's not like, it's not terrible. Right. You're like giving things up, but you know. I feel like it, it's got to put it into perspective for you. Yeah, you're giving stuff up, but if you don't, your kid's really going to suffer. Like really yeah. physically. That's awful, which is not something you want to see. Like it just breaks yeah. your heart. So yeah. Yeah. It was the best diet I have ever been on because every other diet, I'm like, well, I can sneak this. Yeah. And now you're like, you can't do that. You're like, I can't sneak this like chocolate thing because i'm gonna make my kid puke yeah I'm not a monster cool. i'm not a monster right doesn't matter how it good it tastes so bad every other diet i've cheated on my entire life except the kid diet i don't want to say his name but this diet i was like I someone can't, else depending on you i can't betray you right right well you can't you can't make your kid throw up that's just no. not okay right no. maybe cool. i could go on that diet again though Mm-hmm. lose another 25 pounds i don't know you might then just be like oh i can just sneak a little bit that's, yeah, that's, that. I mean, that's, that's why i don't go on diets <laughs> i know it's so not i'm good. like just, a little just, bit of you know, chocolate a little bit of ice cream yep 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 nobody's nobody's keeping track nobody's gonna throw up if i do this <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's great well I see that I'm going to have to rearrange my entire mental structure, but it will be worth it in the end. Yeah, it's always worth it. Are you familiar with the the C.S. Lewis quote where he says that, um, I forget exactly what it was. I'm going to butcher it. But he says, motherhood is like the highest calling. Every single other calling goes to serve that calling. Hmm. That's such an interesting quote because I think it's true. Like, who cares what else happens in society if you're not shaping Hearts and minds for the next generation. Yeah. Nothing else matters. Just- yeah, no. And that's, that's how I feel also. Like it's been a nice shift for me professionally because I've just basically been covering sort of cultural topics from a parenting perspective. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> because I'm like, I don't care about the Durham report. Right. Don't. You don't have to. I don't. Okay. Yeah. And I don't have to. And so I'm just like, Someone asked me the other, like on a work thing, they were like, oh, well, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this. And I was like, mm, 
No. Maybe you will. <laughs> not really interested. No. I haven't really followed. No. Like I know the I know the basic, you know, broad strokes. Right. But I just like the blow by blow, I just I don't care. And so I feel yeah. like that makes me a better commentator because I'm just an average American. Right. That's true too. Like you I'm just like that. I only care about the things that I care about and a lot of the media ecosystem get really worked up about things that you're like, eh, just like wait two days and then you'll all forget about that. And I'm already there. I've already forgotten about it. Right. Right. That seems like the perfect place to be though, because then you're only talking about things that you actually really care about. So you yes. be fully genuine and share your actual views on it and not worry about anything else. That sounds yeah. perfect. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. So, doesn't we, make me a great guest, though. Because no. I'm like, oh, I don't care about we, we enjoy I don't care about immigration. Like, sure, yeah. I do. I mean, like in general terms, but like, doesn't keep me up at night. So you must not worry too much about like the implications of this other stuff. Then, just kind of. Roll. I don't. I just like. I'm too tired to worry about most things. Honestly, fair. <laughs> I just like. I think it'll all work out, and if it doesn't, like the debt ceiling. For example, I was just driving on this hike today. So I was like an hour in the car both ways. And I'm mm -hmm. listening to the classical station, which is an NPR station. So I'm oh, getting like the news right. alerts from NPR. <laughs> and so I have this like window into NPR life. <laughs> I listen to NPR. And um, they like sound so dramatic about the debt ceiling. Yeah. We could run out of cash. And my kids are in the back. And my one of my kids was like, are we really? I'm like, no. Don't worry I'll about it. it. It's NPR. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and he's like, but they sound really worried. They were not worried about everything. We'll figure it out. It's NPR. It's all fine. <laughs> um, but they like really, they really kind of get you amped. Um, and it all works out. It's it does. That's a good point. I think it's an Elton John quote that's one of my favorites that I use to power through a lot of tough times. It's very silly and it sounds trite when you use it outside of the situations, but the quote is, it'll be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. And I'm like, oh hmm. yeah, that's that checks out because it's all going to resolve itself one way or the other. Like when you're worried about money or all this other stuff, sounds like you guys had super money worries when you were first starting out mm -hmm. and they resolve themselves too. Like you're to a point where you can take your kids on hike in the middle of the day and that's a great yep. place to be so i feel like if we can try to focus on that instead of like oh my gosh my kids are gonna grow up in a hellscape it's gonna be horrible they're gonna live through the apocalypse yeah don't do that don't do yeah, that not gonna work it's just not don't do it's, that it's just and that's the that's the gift of parenthood also is that it gives you perspective right because it makes you really like hyper focus on like as long as this is okay everything else is just noise yeah what's well, it supposed to be right yeah yeah. And you can, you can and should get really mad about like individual outrages. Right. So I don't really care about the Durham report so much. And I don't really care about like immigration as like a general issue so much, but like individual migrants dragging eight year olds through the desert, super care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super duper duper care. Mm -hmm. Um, the incident on the New York City subway where this guy is being tried for murder like super duper duper care yeah about that individual right marine right but also about the societal implications of like oh this teaches people to never intervene when there's a psychotic violent man threatening people with death on right. public transit right um so it, i i i care a lot more about these individual stories and um but like the debt ceiling Care. not so much yeah I really care that's so great that's what i'm telling people constantly i'm like look if you focus on the federal level you will never stop being overwhelmed and outraged constantly but yeah if you and it's pointless you can't you can't you can't do anything right exactly so that's i and i honestly i feel like the news organizations want you to focus on those big picture things mm -hmm. because yeah that makes you mad. It keeps you engaged. You feel like nothing's happening because it's not, and there's nothing you can do. So what I've been telling people is like, okay, if you have the option to be involved in your school board, we never went to a Christian school, but I remember one of my earliest memories was my mom leaving us with our dad so that she could go to the board meeting for a Christian school that was near us. 
she was involved with the community, even though she didn't have kids in the school. Mm. I was like, I feel like that's exactly what you're supposed to do, whether you have yeah. kids in there or not. Like my parents were. Yeah. Always- I mean, that was, that was a gift of COVID to me was learning who my county council members were. Right. And them learning who I was. I'm sure they did. They all <laughs> know sure who I did. am now. Sure they do. I walked up to vote and they were all like politicking outside and they were all like, oh, it's Bethany Mandel. Oh, Bethany. Here she is. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And speaking of like, you know, you know, you'll be fine. My oldest daughter was like, oh, there's Evan Glass. And I was like, my daughter knows who that county council member is. Great. And she like, we we were talking to him and um, it was funny because my daughter was like, you were among the, she said this to the county council member. She's eight years old at the time. She's like, you're not the worst one. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was like, you know who's terrible? And she like starts like listing the names of her like least favorite county council members. Wow. And I was like. Oh my goodness. What have I done? I mean, she's right. She listed yeah. all the worst ones. Funny. Uh, she's like, you know who's terrible? Will Jawando. And I'm like, fact. Yeah, yeah that's correct. That yeah. is true. That is true. She's like, Gabe Albernaz isn't terrible. You're not terrible. But, uh, but Hans, Hans Reamer, he's awful. And wow. I was like, yeah, she's right. She is, is right. From listening to you or from going to the yeah. meetings with you? Yeah, she she would watch the meetings and listen to the testimony and watched me do testimony once. And it was it was frustrating because she she cared a lot and she really wanted to testify also. Um but because I'm a public figure, it would have had to say like her name, Mandel. Right. And I, I just people no. would have put it together and I didn't want it. I don't want her to be a public person. Right. And I don't want to use her in that way. Right. Um, Even though she's old enough now that she, she can make the decision to talk, but she doesn't know the the implications of that. And nor, nor by the way, do I, it's like that famous Rumsfeld quote, the known knowns and the unknown unknowns. Absolutely. We don't know. I don't know what I'm protecting her from necessarily. Right. But I know I am protecting her. I know that in 15 years, I would like her to not be associated with me if she doesn't want to be. That's um, fair. Right. Like, you know, I, you never know. You just never know. Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely in the realm of unknowns, unknown, unknown, unknowns, especially with AI and stuff. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I would way rather. Yeah. Have and not- it's funny. Like I've never posted a picture of their face on the internet and I didn't know 10 years ago when I had her, like, we didn't know what AI was. We didn't know what any of these things were. Right. Um, and now like I, I follow this woman's account um, and her basic, sh- her basic shtick is um, children are not content. Right. And, um, and she, she talks a lot about um, how people are plucking pictures from people's social media accounts and like passing them off as their own children. Oh my gosh. And like, there's so many things that are happening that like, you just don't know. Yep. It's only going to get more intense in ways that we can't even picture yet. So yeah. Yeah. Like, so I, anyway, TLDR, I didn't let her testify, but it was kind of a bummer because she really yeah. wanted to. Hey, you know what I used to do? And this did not put me on the spot in any way was I used to write letters to the editor and I got mm. published in our local paper a couple times um, when I was like 11. And I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was fantastic because I was already engaged with politics at that point. I cared deeply about all that yeah. different stuff. And that was my way of getting my message out there without attaching my name to it. Right, right. Awesome. Definitely think you're doing the right thing there. Bethany, it's been about an hour. <clears throat> Thank you so much for joining me on this late evening. I know My pleasure. Late. Um, thank you for putting up with my cat and my cat. <laughs> and my kids, my kids who all ran down to talk to their dad. <laughs> That's great. Completely understand. I will let you go now. Where can people find your book? I'm going to put the link in the description. It's called Stolen Youth. Apparently, I just got a text message from my co-author that uh, it was just mentioned on Fox in the old Tucker time slot. Oh, nice. Very, Very cool. prominent. Yeah. It's called, called Stolen Youth. My name is Bethany Mandel. Her name is Carol Markowitz. Yes. Um, I can be found on anywhere on the internet with Bethany Shondark. 
S-A-O-N-D-A-R-K. Um, look at you go. Yeah. There you go. That was impressive. Yeah. Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, you name it. Um, I'm also starting a Substack Ooh, about nice. conservative homeschooling. Very cool. I will be yeah. following that. It's Ooh. called, we're going to be launching it in the next two weeks or so. Uh, it's called Write Books for Kids, the number four. And it's on Instagram currently. And we're going to be launching it on Substack. Awesome. I yeah. will be very excited to read that. That sounds amazing. Bethany, yeah. thank you so much for your time. I had a great time chatting with you. You were a me pal. Too. And I suspect you'll be a great resource for me going forward. Hopefully we were able to tell everyone how great being a mom is. That's uh, the idea. And I'm always happy to come back. This was super awesome. nice. We'll make it happen for sure. It's always super laid back here. No agenda. We're just chatting. We want to hear different people's points of views and give people a little bit of a silver lining for the future. Because people get really bent out of shape about the way things are. It's like, oh, I'm too tired to be bent out of shape. I'm the <laughs> perfect <that>. guest. <laughs> perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bethany. Thank to you. Audience, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. Until then, bye guys.